0: I decided to take a week off after after what happened to Maggie. I just couldn't. I was doubting myself. Everything I thought, what I'd learned so far, and was this book even worth it, and who cares? But spending a week in my hotel room in Gotham, not really the most relaxing of pursuits, I decided to do busy work. I organized chapters, worked on my footnotes, ran every type of spell checker I could find, just mindless but important stuff to keep me busy but you know keep my mind from engaging too much that's when the call came from the asylum it was Professor Strange himself which is not how things normally go he had good news but he'd only tell me in person I took a cab straight over to Arkham you have to pay triple for that by the way when I got there Professor Strange was beaming. He said my next nerve was ready, and it was Pamela Isley. You could have picked my jaw up off the floor. Poison Ivy? For real? I knew she'd been picked up a few weeks ago, but they'd been redoing her cell, equipping it with a new ventilation system. Everyone down there has had to wear hazmat suits, but it's working now, and now that it's safe, I'm allowed to go down and talk to her. Sometimes it's hard for me to hide my enthusiasm, but... I'm a professional. I need to be seen as cool and collected, but come on! Okay. I'm cool. It's all good. Here's my very calm and professional chat with the most beautiful woman in all of Gotham.
1: Let's get this over with. Wow. That's how you're starting off this interview. You must be one of those bloggers. No, I just... You're so beautiful. Excuse me? I mean, I've read about you, seen your picture in the papers and footage on the news, but they don't do you justice. You're stunning. Oh, well, thank you. That's nice of you to say. This this is so unprofessional. You must get tired of hearing it. Maybe it's the pheromones doing their work. No, I'm in a sealed environment keeps me from affecting the locals. When the guards say it, it can be creepy, but from you, not so much. Do they give you a hard time? They're men. That's what they do. Well, certainly not all men. They are just herd animals. The fact that my unique biology can bend them to my will with almost no effort shows that we shouldn't be listening to anything they say. One whiff of the store and the drooling Neanderthal underneath the suit is revealed. But don't they work on women, too? To a lesser extent, but that requires focus, alteration, subtle art. For a while, I didn't even know what was happening. I assumed men were obeying because they wanted something from me, to take something from me. I was not wrong. But... You can't just lump all of them into one category. You, you don't know what I've seen. I am this way because of the cruelty of their gender. I was invisible because I wasn't beautiful. And when I bloomed, hmm, either way, I was a thing to be ignored or owned, discarded or consumed, never again. You've been labeled as an eco-terrorist. An interesting turn of phrase, yes. That is my cause, and I fight for it, using any tactics I can. But I'm on the side of the earth, of nature. Hell, I might as well be Mother Nature, as it's not nice to fool with me. But certainly men and women are both equally complicit in pollution, the corruption of the natural world. Look back at history. Behind every terrible act, every awful event, you'll find small, craven little men clutching at power and subjugating women. It's time to break that cycle. And you're sure that this isn't just revenge on the first man who broke your heart? My affections do not that way turn. Understand? Oh, yes. I get it. But... Am I on your hit list? Well, we've only just met. But I've let plants die due to neglect. I've thrown trash out the car window. I don't always recycle. Am I a polluter worthy of death? (laughs) My aims are much higher. You could do all of these things a hundred times a day for your entire life, and it wouldn't match up to the damage of one day's work for LexCorp in only South America. Wow, really? (laughs) Really, really. But that's not to say you're off the hook. So, you do have some issues with those who don't know better? The corrupt male polluters should fear me. They are my first targets when I escape. But if you're asking if the rest of humanity dropping meat wrappers on the ground, cutting down the rainforests, draining the wetlands. Should they be afraid of me? Yes. Yes, they should. I see. They've pushed nature too far. Now it's time for Mother to push back. Some of the people I've talked to who've been transformed, they say they don't feel human anymore, That but- They've transcended. I don't feel human, but I do feel my humanity. Can you explain that? Have you ever seen a highway that's been left unattended? Or an abandoned amusement park? You can see the plants taking it back, inch by inch, branch by branch, in 10 years, 20, 100, you wouldn't know mankind's mess had even been there. Your patience. Oh, I am far from that. Eventually, the Earth will win. Humanity is just a momentary aberration. The green was here before and will be here long after the last styrofoam cup is broken down. But I'm here now, and I feel it. Every slash-and-burn operation in the Amazon, each field wiped out by farm runoff, it fills me with rage. I can hear them screaming. That must be agony. (laughs) It's fuel, yes. I want the polluters, the corrupt, the greedy. I want them to pay for their sins against the Earth. But I want the rest of the world to hear the cries for help, to remember that we are not here to just carve and destroy our planet. And you'll do that by any means necessary. The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. It's its natural manure. You're one of the few people I've interviewed who have been motivated by a cause, not their ambitions, or their revenge. I'm sowing the seeds of change. We shall see what kind of fruit they bear. But what kind of morality is that? Morality? Like guilt. I sleep fine. If you're referring to laws, why should I obey any of them? You can smoke on the sidewalk in Gotham, but do it in Metropolis and you'll get arrested. Which is the better law? But that's just semantics. Is it? Then you assume the law applies to each person identically. Ask a poor 20-year-old accused of the same crime as a rich 50-year-old if they'll receive identical treatment in a courtroom. Laws? Please. More constructs of dead men to keep the lessers in their place. I never really thought of it like that. It seems you've got a lot to think about. Oh What is it? The lights, these these UV lights they installed when they turn them on like this, oh, let's just say it's unpleasant. Just another tool to keep me in my place. Well, I guess that means I kind of up. When you leave here, do me a favor. Sure, anything. Go to Robinson Park tomorrow. The night jasmine should be blooming. It'll smell wonderful. I'll do that. And whatever you do, don't take the flowers.
0: I don't know. Legible Scrawl presents To Prove a Villain, Episode 24, Poison Ivy, written by Kyle Olson, performed by Shannon Jelly and Amy Shaw, produced by Ryan Fitzpatrick and Shannon Jelly. Follow us on Twitter at Legible Scrawl, check out our Facebook page, or drop by our website LegibleScrawl.com, where we do cool things and answer the important questions like, What would happen if a struggling psychology major interviewed DC Villains? You're welcome.